Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our associate radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, and his message, An Equipping Center. We are so glad to have you join us this morning as we turn towards the Lord in worship and praise and set aside time to open His Word and revere Him and listen to what He's revealed to us about life. As we gather in our different locations around the country and where the radio is broadcast, we ask that you would be open to God's leading and His inspiration in your life, and you would allow Him to work on you in this time that we've set aside together. He has spoken to us clearly in His Word, and He wants us to have ears to hear and listen to what He said to us, and not just be hearers of the Word, but doers as well. And so as we come together in worship before Him, before we turn our hearts together in worship and praise of Him, we ask that you would bow with us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pause for a moment to acknowledge your presence here with us. We know that you are being patient with the world, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance and come to the knowledge of your Son, Jesus, and into the gift of eternity and eternal life with you. As we open our hearts towards you this morning and turn towards you in worship and praise, we pray that you would touch us by your Holy Spirit in a way that only you can. Help us have ears to hear. Give us a a listening heart, a heart that is open to your instruction, your guidance, your inspiration, and the work of your spirit, and the instruction of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is found in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And in this passage, we see Jesus selecting 12 individuals out of the many disciples, the followers of him that were gathering around him as his fame grew in the time that he was here with us on the earth. And he selected 12 and appointed them to a specific office in his work, the work of his kingdom here on the earth. We read it in this way. In these days, he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. strong and perfectly a great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me my name is graven on his hands my name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands no tongue can bid me Depart, no tongue can bid me this depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look see him there who made an end to all my sin because the sinless Savior died my sinful soul is counted free for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him and Spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is in with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my my Savior and my God. One with Himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is hid with Christ on high. With Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. What a great and encouraging song there 
Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. You know, the scripture tells us that our God is in heaven and he sits on a throne, he does whatever he pleases. And there's so many correlations and things we can learn about God from the revelation he's given us in his word, but also from the world around us and the way he ordered it. It just so happens that my both of my children have been greatly involved in sports in their life. My daughter had a good basketball career through high school and college and now coaches basketball, continues to coach basketball. My son has played football and basketball a lot of his journey, played football in college, and now continues to play professional football and plays for the Buffalo Bills. One of the things I've noticed is how many correlations there are, and even the scripture uses sports to give analogies to us about life and about God's ways in the world. And as I have been around sports so much, I've seen so many connections. An example would be this. The Buffalo Bills have an owner. There's an owner of the whole organization. And we understand from Scripture that God owns everything. Our God is in heaven. He sits on the throne. He does whatever he pleases. And the owner purchased the team. As a matter of fact, God has purchased his church, the church in the world, the body of believers in the world through the shed blood of his son. He's the owner of the church. And like an owner of a football team, recruits leaders to help run his team. He recruits a general manager. He recruits a head coach. Then he hires assistant coaches, they do. And then they hire nutritionists and trainers and even psychologists to help the team that they'll recruit be the best team they can. And so when you read through the scriptures about how God started his church, purchased the church through the shed blood of his son, and started to have followers come and follow his son Jesus and become disciples of his. Then we read in the text today that Jesus started to recruit leaders for his team. Luke chapter 6 says, During this time, Jesus went out in the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And what was he doing in his prayer to God? He was gaining wisdom for the decision-making process of who would be the first key leaders in the church. And it says, when day came, he called his disciples. He was growing in popularity. He called all his followers together and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. Now, this is a very unique word. We don't use this word in our culture too often today, but an apostle is a set-aside specific messenger, a person who's designated for a specific purpose in leadership. And the scripture tells us that he initially chose 12 to be his apostles. And what are these apostles for? You know, this unique calling, this unique purpose. Later, the apostle Paul would be called by Christ to be an apostle. And he would write this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. It says, he, he Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some shepherds and teachers, pastor-type positions, to do something specific. And this specific thing was to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to equip others for the work of God's kingdom in the world, the work of ministry in the world. This is just like a football team, you know. The owner hires leaders to come and and develop a, a structure, and then they have a, a training center. The first time I walked into it, it it's, it's very unquestionably 
a, an equipping center. It's a place where the, the team leadership gathers, organizes things. There's meeting rooms for specific positions. There's training rooms, weightlifting rooms, practice field to equip the players that they'll recruit to be the best football players they can possibly be. And this is how God has organized the church. He recruits leaders, some apostles, some pastors and teachers, evangelists, prophets, to equip others in the world to do the work of ministry. The church is really when we gather to be a place of equipping, strengthening, and encouraging each other to be built up in the faith so that we could do all that God wants us to do in the world. The text goes farther and says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, the team, God's team in the world, until we all attain a unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God into mature adulthood, so we'll grow to a measure in the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we'll no longer be children tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine in the world, made-up stuff, and human cunning, the deceitfulness of humanity, and craftiness of deceitful schemes. Rather, as we equip each other and are built up in the body of Christ, we'll speak the truth in love and grow up in every way into him who is the head, like the head coach, the leader, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped. When each part is properly working, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's like a a well-functioning team. That's what God wants for his people in the world. And so, As we gather, the church is to be a place of equipping, equipping one another to do the work of ministry. And at a minimum, I would suggest to you at least four ways we're supposed to equip one another. The first would be this, to know and live and share and defend the Christian faith. I mean, how many believers in the world are confident in knowing their faith, in living their faith, in sharing and defending their faith. But yet this is what God wants for us. First Peter 3:15 says, "We're to always be prepared to give a reason and answer for the hope that's within us." Can you articulate a great hope within you because you're a believer in Jesus? This is God's call to know our faith, to grow in confidence in our faith, to be able to defend our faith, give a reason for it. And the church, we're supposed to build each other up. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's why we preach the word of God, to encourage each other in our faith journey. And even as we share our faith, Philemon, it was written there, it says the sharing of our faith makes it more complete. You'll never grow to maturity in your faith unless you learn how to communicate it with others. Somehow in the communicating, it grows in us. God didn't give us the faith just to hoard for ourselves. I've often heard people say my faith is a private thing. And I I get sad when I hear them say this because it's in sharing it that it multiplies and grows and we deepen it, our understanding of it and our confidence in it. And we have to encourage each other and, 
and stir each other up to, to grow in the confidence in our faith and defend our faith and share it more with others. I recently went to a, a Saturday morning workshop where we talked about how to articulate the Christian faith and the good news of the gospel. And then and there was some time set aside for everyone to go out and do some sharing of their faith. And it was just it's so encouraging to hear about how that went for everyone and what God did in and through them when they took the risk to be salt and light and share their light in the world. So we need to continue to equip each other to know, live, share, and defend our faith. But we also need to encourage each other in the stewardship of our gifts, our vocations, and even our financial resources. So much of the Bible talks about how we live our lives and we're to encourage each other. We're all going to be accountable for how we live our lives before God, how we care for the the giftings, the talents that he's put within us and how we use them in the world around us and how we serve him in our unique callings. Each of us has been called by God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ. And we're, there's specific things he's laid out in advance, unique callings for each of us to be a part of. And then God entrusts with us resources. And those resources are to be stewarded well, to honor him well in the advancement of his kingdom here on the earth. We need to equip each other to know and live and share and defend our faith. And then to steward our lives, our whole lives well, our callings, our resources, our giftings well for the advancement of his kingdom. First Corinthians 4 says this, We ought to be regarded as servants of Christ, as those entrusted with the mysteries that God has revealed. And it's required that those who've been given a trust, we must prove faithful. And we have to encourage each other in being faithful to God, in stewarding each of our lives well before him. For at the end of our days, we all want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, and we stand before Christ at the end. And so this is, this is the church to equip one another for the work of ministry, the sharing of our faith, the living of our faith, our lives well before God. And then we should also encourage, when you read through God's way in the scripture, the forging of strong marriages and families. You know, marriage is by God's design the first social brick laid in human civilizations. It's the foundation of cultures. The marriage between a man and a woman is is a unique mystery that God created. He separated his image into two genders. He saw that it was not good. The first man was alone. He caused him to fall into a deep sleep. He pulled a portion of flesh from the side of the first man and fashioned together another being and brought this being to the man. And he said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And then God declared for us what marriage is. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The first social institution laid in the history of humanity. It's the foundation of civilization and cultures. As goes marriage, so goes family, so goes civilization. And so the church, when you read it, in the scriptures is to encourage marriage and to strengthen and build up marriages. For out of marriages come children who are to be discipled and followers of Christ and the multiplication. 
God has said, you know, to fill the earth with his image through this plan. And as families go, when we strengthen families, we're doing good for the world. We're being salt in the world, a preservative. And Hebrews 13, 4 says the marriage bed should be honored by everyone. And Matthew 19, 6 says what God has joined together, let no one put asunder. Marriage is under attack. We want to pray for it. We want to pray for families who are working hard. The evil one hates God's way and he hates God's order. And so the church should be strengthening marriages and families. And finally, we should continue to equip each other to serve then the community well, to serve the world around us well, not just in word, but also in deed. It's the work of missions, of meeting people's needs, ministering to them as we meet their needs, sharing with them the love of God, demonstrating it through our works, and then also sharing. How can they know unless we tell them about the love of God, about the gift of Jesus? The church is to be an equipping center, friends, where we build each other up and equip each other to grow and mature in Christ. And then out of the overflow, as we grow in him, out of the overflow of what God is doing in and through us, then we can we can minister to the world around us, steward our lives well, share our faith, build up one another in our families, in, in, in whatever the structure of our family is in the current state, and then be out serving in the world in word, in what we share in word, but also in what we demonstrate in service to the world meeting needs. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, some pastors, not to do all the work themselves. They're, they're to be like coaches equipping people in the world, God's people in the world, to do the work of ministry. And so that we all build each other up, as the scripture says, equipped when each part, each joint is doing its part, the body functions well, it builds and grows up in love. It's such a great picture. It's like a high-functioning professional football team or sports team. When the church is working right and everyone's stepping up doing their part, it's a beautiful thing to see. Have you experienced this in your life? Are you a part of a church that's really working well in the world, listening to God's call? If not, can I encourage you today to become a, a part of of the family of God in such a way where people are building each other up to be salt and light in the world. It's God's call for us. He gave some to be apostles, some leaders in the church. You should look for leaders who will strengthen your faith, build you up, and equip you to do the work of ministry in your area. I hope you're encouraged by this today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, which teaches us how you operate in the world, what you're doing in the world, and what, what your unique call is for each of us. As we, as we study it, your Holy Spirit can, can reveal to us our gifts, can reveal to us convictions about what's true and how, how you're operating and, and the gift of your son Jesus, and then our call to share it, to serve, to encourage and strengthen each other in being salt and light. Thank you for your great history doing, in doing this in the world. Help us continue to be those who carry the mystery of God and are faithful in our generation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
This is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC podcast conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head and I I heard it just like you and me are talking. Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. Like, <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.